Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Content warning. Check the show notes for more information. It's May 31st, 1895, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So it was on this day the nutritionist and eugenicist John Harvey Kellogg got a patent on cornflakes, which were invented partly as a repressant for sexual desires. Now, there are some trigger words in that sentence I just said, um, and I don't intend to ignore them. We will return to them. What a CV. (laughs) But uh, before we talk about sex and uh, the misguided quest for racial purity, let's talk about cereal. John Harvey Kellogg getting patent number 558393 was significant because he was the only person named on the patent, but very much not alone in having created them. No, he created them with his brother, Will, who worked with him in... Basically, Dr. John Kellogg had this part spa, part gloomy boot camp called the (laughs) Battle Creek Sanitarium, and he actually coined the word sanitarium. He invented so much stuff, it's actually crazy. I mean, peanut butter, soy milk, we're not going (laughs) to even talk about that. Physiotherapy equipment, (laughs) the word sanitarium. Yeah, so a sanatorium already existed where wounded soldiers would go to recuperate, and so he changed it to sanitarium to imply that as well as being a recuperative place, it was also a sanitary one, and it was run along the principles of the Seventh-day Adventist church, who are very into vegetarianism, abstinence from alcohol, etc., but also cereals. They're very into wholesome (laughs) cereals to this day. Which isn't so ridiculous. Like, if you think about the other big brand in cereals, Quaker. Yeah. Actually, Arian, did you know this, that the Seventh-day Adventist church still own Wheat Bix, which is the Australian and New Zealand version of Weetabix. Crikey, mate. I had no idea. I thought it was just the same company who took, you know, shed an A because they thought we couldn't handle that vowel sound, which I suppose, to be fair, <laughs> we probably do mangle in some ways. Um, but, um, but yeah, I had no idea. Cornflakes are interesting in two ways. One, how they created them. And God only knows what other processes they subjected corn to before they came up with the ones that they finally settled upon, which seemed to be like mangling corn in so many different creative ways that, um, you know, flakes is a kind word for what came out the end. But the other fascinating thing is the why he was doing it. He had in mind that these flakes pretty much single-handedly could stop boys in particular from masturbating, which was his idea of the worst thing that could possibly be done by a boy. He was incredibly obsessed with masturbation in particular. It was part of this wider clean living movement, which was this very joyless, puritanical social movement, which also capitalised on new scientific discoveries, basically saying, look, we can use science to engineer a more perfect human race, but it was also imbued with all these horrible religious ideas. He wrote a best-selling book called Plain Facts for Old and Young, in which he counselled parents 
to guard against the dangers of masturbation by not sending children to bed early and advise them to spy on their children if they made her habit of seeking solitude, i.e. in <laughs> barns or garrets. That's not going to result in any odd sexual quirks, is it? <laughs> exactly. He also listed 39 signs to look out for as masturbation symptoms in your child, including an habitually moist cold hand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he apparently wrote 156 pages of the second draft of that book during his honeymoon, which is actually quite subversive. I mean, he did take his belief in sexual abstinence all the way through to his marriage. Apparently never shared a bedroom with his wife. Not to imply anything about Dr. Kellogg, but he was also incredibly obsessed with enemas. Mm, my gosh. I think um, there might yeah. be something in this whole... In that whole thing. <laughs> Look, he had a whole floor of his sanitarium dedicated to bowels. And his worst bowel treatment where he, like, he, he was into... Or his best. Or his best, I guess, if you like it. But apparently the device that he created could pump 16 litres of water or other substances. He also thought that putting yoghurt up the bottom was a good idea. Um, in a minute, 16 litres could pass through your bowels in the space of a minute with his wonderful device. I mean, that would make a fundamental difference to the operation of the bacteria in your gut. I'm just not sure what it would do to the way you walk. (laughs) He also invented a vibrating chair, and I love this one because it makes me think of Inspector Gadget, mechanical massage slapper. Okay. I said we'd park the sex and race stuff. Now, just for a second, let's talk about cornflakes. Because obviously people have been making foods out of grains for centuries. The novel bit was they inadvertently invented tempering which is the process whereby cooked grains are allowed to cool for several hours. That stabilises the moisture content of each grain. They're then flattened between large rollers and toasted. Now, Kellogg only did that because he'd accidentally left out some dough the night before in the experimental kitchen, and somewhat (laughs) idly the next day was like, oh, left this out, what will happen if I toast it? And that's how he created cereal. Like, before then... I was about to say before then it all tasted bland, but as we hinted earlier, the whole point of this was to suppress your sexual feelings because you were eating bland, not too spicy, not too adventurous food, and no meat and no alcohol. But he made something that tasted better than what he'd created before. Yeah, because at the time, if you were well off, as most of the patients obviously at the sanitarium were, the idea was that you would eat meat for breakfast. Americans ate a tremendous amount of meat at the time. But even from the earliest days of the vegetarian movement, you know, in the Victorian times, the idea was that meat inflamed the passions. And so vegetarianism was a more rational and reasoned lifestyle. Some of the other foods that Kellogg developed for patients included nuttoline, an imitation meat pate made of peanuts, and <laughs> nuttos, a meat substitute also made of peanuts. <laughs> but I mean, the funny thing is that, like, the the reason that we know Kellogg's cereal so well is that it, it's sugary. You know, we all craved it as kids because it came to be infused with massive, massive amounts of sugar, and that's why we loved it. But to be fair, little repressed John Harvey Kellogg (laughs) didn't create the sugary stuff. He didn't make Pop-Tarts to be taken anally. What happened is (laughs) his brother, Will, came up with the idea of putting sugar all over the flakes and therefore making them taste good. And that was the thing that caused the Kellogg company, as we now know it now, which is why it's got a W Kellogg on the autograph on the box, to be separated from John Kellogg's organisation. John Kellogg still (laughs) believed in making tasteless pap. (laughs) Will Kellogg believed in making nutritionally unhelpful pap covered in sugar. And that's the Kellogg company. How must Will Kellogg feel knowing how responsible he is for so much masturbation around the world? (laughs) 
And it was at the point where the brothers went their separate ways that you really see their true natures. Once Will was released from this joyless existence and embraced his whimsical side... Then we get Cinnabon. Yeah, well, he, he had some amazing early promotions for his new company, including he was the first person to do toy-in-a-box promotions, and he had a promotion that was a free box for a woman who winked at their grocer. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, meanwhile, John's life took an incredibly sinister turn as he became ever more obsessed with eugenics. All right, let's talk about eugenics then. <laughs> so he took the money from his cornflake business, which was the Sanitas toasted cornflake business as opposed to Will's Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company and put it into an organisation that was called the Race Betterment Foundation. Well, that um, sounds good. It hasn't stood the <laughs> test of history as well as even yoghurt enemas. <laughs> I mean, it was about betterment to, you know, try to find some sort of <laughs> defence for it, but yeah, pretty sinister stuff. Well, he'd say, if he were on the podcast, I'm sure he'd have accepted an invitation... Uh, that he was no racist. He'd say, oh, well, I had, I think he had something like 67 foster children and included amongst them were children of colour. He would say that he just believed in manipulating the natural algorithms of science to try and improve all races and that's what he was interested in and that theory then became so unpopular after the Second World War that you couldn't really do it anymore but he was interested in it because could you, for example, rid the world of some mental illness by doing that? And actually... I mean, a lot of the things that he did stand for are still propagated now. Anti-tobacco, anti-alcohol, vegetarianism. That's all quite trendy mm. in the 21st century. Sterilising people, not so Less much. trendy, yeah. yes. <laughs> Female circumcision, less trendy, I agree. But it is amazing, just coming back to that, like that, that wellness got so popular in the last sort of, I don't know, half decade or so. Like the sanitarium is back so very massively today that like half of the resorts you can go to offer sort of sanitarium-like, Kellogg mm. sanitarium-like treatments, maybe with less emphasis on the bottom. <laughs> but yeah, like baths and spas and that sort of stuff. One of his other inventions uh, with his brother has been one of the things that's propping up the Kellogg's company, which obviously is his brother's, as cereal sales have started to decline, which apparently they have over the last decade or so. And these days, the fake meat offered by the Kellogg company is one of their biggest sellers and presumably only going to continue to grow as vegetarianism and veganism themselves grow and also as like fake meat gets better good fact because his next patent after this one which we're commemorating today was march the 19th 1901 the first u.s patent for a vegetable substitute for meat which was protos yeah it's not an appetizing name is it but again it's not making me horny so you know job done well to be fair though the original name for cornflakes was granos so they obviously had a patent that they were following good at the cereals not so good at the branding <laughs> Tomorrow. Basically, the popularity of the Heimlich Maneuver was based on its inventor's showbiz connections. Love the show? Support the show! Patreon.com slash Retrospectors! Part of the ACAST Creator Network.